Hi, you're tuning in to Rusty Thomas, where once a week he brings the brilliance of scripture to every dynamic of life. For the last 40 years, Rusty has served the Lord as a father, minister, and political figure on the streets, churches, and capitals in our nation and abroad. You are going to hear compelling truths that will prayerfully build up your faith and equip you to meet the challenges of life with the confidence of God's Word. This is Kingdom Moments with my father, Rusty Thomas. Welcome, brothers and sisters, to another podcast, another episode. This is Kingdom Moments with Rusty Thomas. So glad you're joining with us this day. It is a day the Lord has made, and we're going to rejoice and be glad in it. Amen. Well, uh, these next few podcasts, not sure the order and when they all will be dropped, but we had a pretty powerful interview with a dear brother named Juan Elias Riesco, and uh, he shared his powerful testimony on how God delivered him out of the darkness of homosexuality and brought him into the marvelous light of God's kingdom. He he drunk deep of the wells of salvation, and the Lord just... Uh, set him free, and God is powerfully using this brother. He's married. He has kids. Uh, God has restored all the years that the locust and the canker worm had eaten up through that destructive, deadly, demonic lifestyle of homosexuality. And so he's the Lord's free man. And I just thought it prudent that I follow up uh, on the sin and literally the crime of sodomy and the homosexual agenda. And I know this is controversial. I know for the most part, the homosexual agenda has won the day. Uh, they have gone from, hey, tolerate us, to uh, accept us, to celebrate us. And if you don't, you will be penalized and so it was never really about tolerance. It was about supremacy. And there is a huge fascist element uh, to the homosexual agenda. So I do want to say right up front, if there's any individual who may be struggling with same-sex temptations, um, I really, even though I'm going to biblically expose uh, homosexuality, I, I want you to know this is meant to minister to you the gospel of the kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And I want you to know he truly has the power to transform your life and restore natural affections towards the opposite sex. I know so many ex-homosexuals that were enslaved, held captive, uh, to this depraved lust, and they were set free. Uh, that doesn't mean they don't have temptations. It doesn't mean they don't have struggles at time. They're human beings, uh, but they literally are out of the lifestyle. Um, they're married, and they have children, and, and God is blessing them as families. Now, that is different than dealing with the homosexual agenda itself. And we got to understand this is a fascist antichrist system. 
And uh, as far as I'm concerned, and every Christian who hears this, uh, this is just another footstool for our Lord, uh, who is seated on the right hand of God. So let's dive in. Uh, I came across this quote early on in the battle uh, to abolish abortion. I was always amazed because it was mainly homosexuals guarding the death camps. And I may get into that more in another time and another episode. But I did come across this uh, quote. And honestly, this bow should send shivers down the back of any person endowed with a moral sense. Now, I got to forewarn you, warn you, this is not for the faint of heart, but it does give you insight to the dark spirit driving the homosexual juggernaut. Uh, this is by a homosexual. His name is Michael Swift. And this quote is from 1987. And this is what he unabashedly declared. We, speaking of the homosexuals, we're going to sodomize your sons, emblems of your feeble masculinity, of your shallow dreams and vulgar lies. We will seduce them in your schools, in your dormitories, in your gymnasiums, in your locker rooms, in your sport arenas, in your seminaries, in your youth groups, in your movie theater bathrooms, in your army bunkhouses, in your truck stops, in your all-male clubs, in your houses of Congress, wherever men are with men together. Your sons will become our minions and do our bidding. They will be recast in our image. They will come to crave and adore us. That quote is directly out of the bowels of hell itself. But you know what? When you look around and you see this generation, how much of what this man warned about has come to pass. Well, this agenda we know is a vision from Hades, and it is constantly pushing the envelope. Uh, it becomes more widespread uh, each and every day. It just gets more skillfully structured. Uh, it reaches into our media, the government, American corporations, our schools, libraries, and tragically, even in some of our mainline churches. And I got to tell you, brothers and sisters, as we have fought this battle for many, many years, it just became clear how the leaders of the gay movement have been so successful in establishing this wicked agenda that vision from Hades that Michael Swift uh, warned us about. Now, understand this up front. They see traditional Christian teaching as the last bastion that continues to cause universal disapproval and rejection of their depraved behavior. And that's why there's this all-out effort 
to overcome, subvert, and discredit Christians who hold fast to biblical truth. Now, here's their deceptive plan. First thing, they have to twist the scriptures to justify their death style. Um, One of the blog posts that will soon be on our blog on this website, website is called Homosexual Heresies. And I wrote this many years ago when Brother Flip Benham and I crashed an MCC church, that's a homosexual church, and we found out they were going to teach on what the Bible really says about homosexuality. And in that teaching, I go through all the scriptures that they took out of context to twist and justify their abominable lifestyle um, before God. And so you might want to look into that. And I may even do uh, an episode just based on homosexual heresies. But just like in the beginning, you know, what did the enemy go after? You know, to kill, steal, and destroy. Hath God said. And so the MCC church goes after the word of God to twist it to justify their abominations. Secondarily, they have to subvert mainline denominations and then use them as a launching pad to attack Bible-believing churches. Uh, It is no mistake, brothers and sisters, when it comes to child sacrifice, the shedding of innocent blood, abortion, sodomy, homosexuality, um, what does the enemy parade out for the world to see? Men and women with collars on, with religious garb, and they are using them to sanitize the evil. It is massive, massive deception. And so they promote, quote, spirituality, uh, but they do so violating uh, the, the holy scriptures and, uh, and violating the holy commandments of God. Thirdly, you know, they, their marketing campaign and their public relations, you know, campaign is to present, you know, homosexuality in the greatest possible light. You know, you see it in the, um, sitcoms and movies, um, you read in the magazines or newspapers, you know, how the homosexuals, they are so intelligent, compassionate, caring. They're, they're, they're the new hero uh, that needs to be celebrated uh, in the land of the free and the home of the brave. And, and they, so they present this real positive image of homosexuals while at the same time, anybody who dare oppose their agenda, um, they are presented as people who suffer from some dark, deviant fear, which they call homophobia. And, and if you're a homosexual, I want you to understand, I, I do not 
fear you because you're a homosexual. I fear for you because I know biblically those who practice this sin and this abomination, first of all, are not going to live out half their days. Most homosexuals die before they reach middle age. Their lives are cut short, and that's even without AIDS. With AIDS, it becomes more dangerous. But beyond the fleeting life here on this earth, the Bible says those who practice homosexuality will not inherit the kingdom of God. And he had to give this glorious good news. And such were some of you. But you've been transformed. You've been regenerated by the power of the Holy Spirit. You've been washed in the blood of Christ. You've been set free. So this whole PR campaign labels the majority of Americans who may have a moral opposition to the sin and crime of sodomy, well, we're considered abnormal, while those who flaunt their perversions, they're the new normal. And understand, that's the way religion is going here today. You know, by abandoning God and the Bible, we, we have to come up with a new religious system, which means there's a new orthodoxy and there's a new heresy. And boy, the homosexuals, they have been quite successful in setting up that new religious system. Um, the other thing they do is to equate their sexual agenda as a civil rights struggle. And so they've basically hijacked the legitimate civil rights uh, battle, you know, which was really based on racism. Um, and they've hijacked it now uh, to present their struggle as the new civil rights struggle. You know, I remember um, Pat Patricia Schroeder, I think she was a Democrat a long time ago, when she was uh, pushing for homosexuals in the military, you know, she was uh, asking Colin Powell uh, to allow that. And she was equating, you know, the homosexual civil rights struggle with being black. And he said, listen, you know, being black is innate. You know, sexual orientation um, is something that is not innate. Um, it's something that is chosen. In other words, I can't help being black. That's the way God made me. Um, but homosexuality is not of the same innate quality. So he said, your, your argument is invalid. Uh, the last thing they tend to do is they blame God for making them that way. That's why they're looking for the homosexual gene. It's all in the genetics, right? And so they use this not only to deceive themselves, but the public into thinking that they're not responsible for their inappropriate behavior. And they truly believe it cannot be changed. Right. So, you know, they make fun of, you know, pray the gay away. Right. They make fun of that. 
But I am telling you, brothers and sisters, I know plenty of people personally who were once enslaved by homosexuality, and God indeed has set them free. That old man is gone, and a new man in Christ has emerged. There is victory in Jesus Christ. So what does the Bible actually teach about homosexuality? Well, God calls that not just a sin, but an abomination in his sight. It's a perversion of the creatures he made in his image. Genesis 1.27 states, male and female created he them. That's heterosexual. Sodomy is a sin of the gravest nature. And here's the thing. It's mainly been outlawed in most nations since time memorial. And there's a reason for that, brothers and sisters. And as just recently, because we've opened the floodgates of this sexual immorality, it's produced one of the most serious plagues known to man. That's HIV, AIDS. Now, I got to say, all sin is the same in the sense that all sin violates the commandments of God. But here's the thing, not all sin solicits the same response from heaven. There are certain sins that God calls abominations, and they bring greater divine retribution when practiced by men and nations. We see in Romans 1.28, where Paul wrote that sodomy is one of the two sins in which God may abandon sinners, turning them over to a reprobate mind. And what that does, it sears the conscience. It, it ruins their reason. It twists their logic. A reprobate mind truly believes good is evil and evil is good. The other dangerous sin is the blasphemy against the Holy Spirit. And we must be careful, especially when it comes to spiritual manifestations. Brothers and sisters, hear me on this. When, when Jesus was talking about the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit, it is when the Pharisees and the religious leaders, they could not deny the miracles of God. They could not deny he was healing the sick, you know, opening blind eyes, opening deaf ears, the lame were walking, he was raising the dead. They had empirical proof that these miracles had taken place. So they couldn't deny that something supernatural had taken place. How they went about that, how they went around that, is they said Jesus was doing this um, through Beelzebub. In other words, the spirit behind these miracles was not the Holy Spirit. It was a demon spirit. And brothers and sisters, I got to tell you, that is serious and we better be very, very careful before we start condemning stuff 
and really not knowing the true source of things. Because I, I know when it comes to the Holy Spirit and the gifts of the Spirit and the manifestation of the Spirit, there are many who are tempted to say, that is not of God. That is not by the Holy Spirit. And I got to tell you, there is a danger of going down that road. Yes, we need discernment. Yes, we need to judge whether those spiritual manifestations line up with the teaching of God's word. And so, yeah, I'm just saying we, we better be very cautious going down that road because some things are not strange fire. It is the fire of the Holy Ghost, and God give us discernment. You know, and even along those lines, brothers and sisters, I have seen where um, when it comes to the blaspheme of the Holy Spirit, I remember a, a few years ago, uh, I came across a website um, where the pagans were trying to reach Christian kids raised in Christian homes who went to Christian churches and go, you know you don't like going to church. You know you hate your parents. You know Christianity is not true. You know it doesn't resonate. It doesn't have real answers. So you know what? Seal the deal. Come on this website and publicly blaspheme the Holy Spirit. So this way, you're done. You've washed your hands completely of Christianity, and now you're free to be a pagan and give full vent to your lust. So, you know, this is, this is the world uh, that we are in, brothers and sisters, and uh, we got to be careful, especially when it comes to sodomy and when it comes to the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. And so God warns man against the sin of sodomy. Thou shall not lie with mankind as with womankind. It is an abomination. Leviticus 18.22. Defile not yourselves in this sin, commands the Lord God. Leviticus 18.24. See also Deuteronomy 23. 17. Sodomy brings catastrophic consequences upon the city or nation that approves of it, condones it, or fails to stand against it. Leviticus 18.25 states, the land is defiled. And he is talking about sexual immorality, homosexuality, incest, bestiality, and sexual immorality that leads to child sacrifice and the shedding of innocent blood. He said, when a land does that, it is polluted and he will visit the iniquity thereof upon it and the land itself vomits out her inhabitants. How many disasters has America gone through in these last few decades where you see American citizen after American citizen carrying the remains of their homes, their houses and lands that have been completely wiped out by fires, by flooding, 
by tornadoes, by hurricanes. And it's interesting, each headline says, this is the worst flooding, this is the worst fire. It's worse, worse, and worse. Why? Because we are committing the abominations that God warned against, and he is visiting the land. And what is it doing? It's vomiting us out. It's dispossessing us. One just has to call to remembrance the fate of Sodom and Gomorrah to realize this is not a matter of civil rights. It is a question of national survival. I remember seeing a meme on Facebook where it was wanted to talk about the history of the alphabet soup people. And they just wanted to put it in its modern context, you know, Greenwich Village, you know, back in the, you know, 50s or 60s or whatever, the homosexual agenda started to take off. But truly, if you want the true history of the homosexual agenda, it begins in the book of Genesis with Sodom and Gomorrah. And in 2 Peter 2.6 and Jude 7, the word of God emphatically declares that God turned those cities to ashes to serve as an example to future generations that would be tempted to follow in their pernicious ways. I remember one time we scheduled a uh, national event with Operation Rescue, Operation Save America, and um, we were going into Orlando not only to confront the death camps, but Disney who had opened the park up to have their sodomy day, the homosexual day. And then we confronted Barnes and Noble that was promoting pedophilia books. And um, so, you know, we, we scheduled the national event to go in there uh, to present the gospel of the kingdom, to go to the gates of hell and uh, trusting they will not prevail against the church. And so uh, at this point, Uh, Brother Flip was in jail in Litchburg, Virginia, and so I had to do a lot of the preparation um, to go into Orlando. And so um, we got a call from the Orlando police who found out they were coming, and they, they wanted to set up a meeting with me, I guess, you know, just to be ready for us to come in and I was agreeable, but on one condition, well, a few conditions, they had to have a TV, a VHS machine, and uh, allow me to share two things. Um, One was called the hard truth, where exposed abortion for what it truly is, and the other to show them a gay pride parade video. And so... When I went in there, there wasn't just the Orlando police. It was them. It was the state troopers. It was the FBI. There was federal marshals there. Um, Local, state, and federal officials were in that room. And they did do as I asked. They set up a TV and the VHS. So I put in the hard truth. It's a brief video, but it is devastating. It just shows what an abortion truly is. It's graphic. It's gut wrenching. Um, it, it's it, it's powerful. And uh, I, if you've never seen it, it's hard. But 
It is the hard truth. So I showed that. Then I showed the uh, gay pride parade and the debauchery that was taking place and how this was impacting the children at the parade. So I got done showing the two videos and you could hear a pin drop. And I opened my Bible to Jude chapter one and I preached God's word for a half an hour, totally uninterrupted. And what I had shared was God did not destroy Sodom and Gomorrah merely based upon the sin and crime of sodomy, nor because, you know, God could not find 10 righteous to stand in the gap. What I showed them from the scriptures is part of the reason why God destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah was to set them forth as an example to future generations, to future nations. Don't you dare go here because we serve a God who answers by fire. So I give them this warning and the national event comes and we had a psalmist, a dear brother, uh, Birch, Butch Burgett, and he had this song that he came up while we were there and we sang it everywhere we went at the death camps at Disney, at Barnes & Noble, on the streets, we sang this song, We Serve a God Who Answers by Fire. And you got to remember, the police are with us everywhere we're going, the pro-aborts, the sodomites, they're there everywhere we're going, and we're just singing the song, We Serve a God Who Answers by Fire. Well, we get to the end of the event, and Brother Flip honored me to give the benediction. I, I prayed the prayer to close out the event. And brothers and sisters, five minutes later, after we said amen and were taken off to go back home, the entire Orlando area went up in flames. Like thousands and thousands and thousands of acres went up in flames. Massive. Uh, damage done to the Orlando area. It went on a long time. It got so bad that the police who were at that meeting called me up and said, Mr. Thomas, we're struggling with these fires. What do we do? This is the gospel truth. This is God, God knows. And I said, well, I don't think you will have the humility or the courage to do what is necessary. But if I was you, I'd go to the city fathers. And at that point, they had the gay flag waving in Orlando. I said, I would go to the city fathers and have them take down that gay flag and publicly repent uh, for promoting abortion and sodomy. And I believe the fires would end. And they go, oh, Reverend Thomas, you know, that's, yeah, we can't, we, we can't go there. I said, well, you, you asked my advice, and I'm just telling you that there must be repentance and the acknowledgement of the truth, you know, that God could have mercy on your community. Well, here's the thing. 
and they did call me to let me know this too. The day, the day the flags came down, the fires stopped in Orlando. Brothers and sisters, we truly serve a God who answers by fire. Well, biblically, sodomy promotes idolatry. It invites false gods, and it nurtures more apostasies. It spawns additional perversions, such as pedophilia and bestiality. I find it funny that some in the homosexual uh, community are now condemning people practicing pedophilia. They want to protect the children from being groomed by the drag queen stuff. Isn't that interesting? Their own community is making a judgment against those within their community. And then they'll condemn us for making a judgment against them. But the point being, brothers and sisters, if our nation cannot say no to sodomy, to homosexuality, what sexual immorality can we say no to? The toothpaste is out of the tube. And believe me, all the deviant sexual practices in their groups are lining up, playing by the same playbook. Well, it gnaws at the wow, it gnaws at the vitals and rots the soul. Homosexuality rots the soul of those who indulge in its lusts and evils, and ultimately the soul of the nation who permits it to continue unchallenged. Historically, Rampant homosexuality has been one of the social malignancies that have preceded the fall of nations, like we see in Romans chapter 1, right? And according to Romans chapter 1, the practice of homosexuality literally means the burning out of man. Remember when women refused the natural use and men, you know, burn in their lust one for another, and receiving in their persons, you know, the penalty of their error, right? The diseases, the destruction that comes upon their souls and their bodies, burning, like they burn. It literally means the burning out of man. It's one of the major signs that our civilization is spiraling down to the place where they know the righteous judgments of God that those who practice such things are deserving of death, not only do the same, but also approve of those who practice them. And we see so much of our American government, business, and corporation enabling, cheering, celebrating, defending this abomination. And where does it lead to? Death. Death, the wages of sin is death. But thanks be to God, the gift of life, the gift of salvation is through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Well, obviously I'm espousing grave and I believe legitimate concerns over this matter. I dare say most Christians have been conditioned to accept this new normalization of evil under our watch. But as Christians, we must recognize the brutal reality that the homosexual lifestyle cannot produce its own offspring. The only way 
they can successfully fulfill their agenda is by seduction, molestation, by adoption, and by indoctrinating our children. This is why it's not a coincidence we find the homosexual agenda slithering like a snake into our schools, malls, libraries, government, entertainment, and very other, various other places to proselytize. They desperately need to influence this next generation and lower their moral resistance in order for their sugar-coated poisonous agenda to maintain the supremacy. Now, brothers and sisters, if we love our nation, if we love our children, if we want a future and a hope, we cannot continue to allow this to happen. We must lift high a righteous banner that upholds biblical truth, the moral standards of our communities, and reestablishes laws that will penalize sodomy and protect us from this debauchery on the spiritual side of this we also know the homosexual agenda seeks to establish homosexuality and christianity as compatible according to them one can be a practicing homosexual and a christian in right standing with god the problem of course is biblical christianity and homosexuality will never be compatible they are mutually exclusive no matter how much they protest one cannot be a practicing homosexual and a christian in right standing with god the apostle paul plainly stated that homosexuality is one of several practices of sin by those who practice it that they will not inherit the kingdom of god he warned us not to be deceived in these matters this is from 1 corinthians 6 9 through 11 know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of god be not deceived neither fornicators nor idolaters nor adulterers nor effeminate nor abusers of themselves with mankind King James used the term homosexuals, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you, but ye are washed, but ye are sanctified, but ye are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the spirit of our God. The true church, therefore, can never allow itself to become the religious propaganda machine that is used to sanitize the evil of the homosexual agenda. We must not tolerate nor condone homosexuality. To do so is to invite the wrath of God to continue upon America. It will condemn homosexuals to hell and it will foolishly squander our children's future because of our moral cowardice. As our nation continues to bow before the homosexual agenda and codifies their evil into law, their lifestyle is gaining more protection. While Christians' freedom of speech and religion 
are being increasingly threatened. We got to recognize, brothers and sisters, that there is a fascist element to the homosexual agenda. And the more they frame mischief by law, they have to censor the sound teaching of Scripture. The passages that condemn homosexuality as sin and abomination, they're already being considered hate speech. The time may be upon us, and it it may be soon here that men of God who refuse to bow before the homosexual agenda may face fines and imprisonment, while the homosexuals themselves are free to trample underfoot everything that is decent, wholesome, and honorable in America. Preaching the truth that has the power to save souls of homosexuals, they're being considered as a hate crime. Is this what we want to have to face in the near future? Is this the godless legacy that we want to pass to our children? I pray not. Finally, to the homosexual. If you happen to be trapped in the homosexual lifestyle, and you've had the courage to listen to this, I want you to know there is still hope for you. I also know you sincerely believe that your deliverance is found in society accepting your indecent behavior as perfectly normal. Nothing could be farther from the truth. Your deliverance, as all mankind's, is found in repentance. The turning away from this grave wickedness to receive the abundant grace and mercy found in Jesus Christ. He alone has the power to set you free from the depression, self-hate, nagging thoughts of suicide, drugs, alcoholism, and the diseases that are epidemic amongst the gay community. And as I have stated, there are literally tens of thousands of ex-homosexuals who can testify and confirm this truth. Now, I know deep down you're only craving love and acceptance as all of mankind, but it has to be rooted in the truth that sets you free and not a lie that reinforces you in this sinful, destructive lifestyle. The Bible says in Proverbs 27, 6, Faithful are the wounds of a friend. But the kisses of an enemy are deceitful. Sure, the church in America can agree with your gay lifestyle and then watch you perish in your sin for eternity without Christ. Is that real love, my friend? I think not. When Christians warn you to repent and be reconciled to God, that is not hate calling you. It is true love. It is love empowered by truth that can set you free and fulfill the deepest longing of your heart as you're accepted by the one who matters most, the God who created you and the Savior who died for you. I urge you today to call upon the name of Jesus to acknowledge and repent of your sins before it is too late. Please hear me on this. You will never find the love of the Father in the arms of a man, if you're a man, or in the arms of a woman, in another woman, for the sake of your eternal soul. Just open your heart 
to receive the abundant pardon and deliverance that comes from God's amazing grace. Well, that's it for this episode. Brothers and sisters, we'll have more on this later. I believe the next episode on homosexuality, I'm going to be sharing a powerful testimony uh, where I had an encounter with the leader of ACT UP and Queer Nation and Houston, Texas, and how God gloriously saved him three days before he died of AIDS. That episode is going to be called, Can You Touch Me? It's powerful, it's compelling, and boy, does God get great glory uh, in that testimony. But until next time, brothers and sisters, you keep pressing on to that high calling prize in Jesus' name. God bless you.